tell me where in the world is crying in San Diego. Welcome back to Where in the World is Crime in San Diego. Happy Monday. So I know we've been kind of like radio silent. Uh, we took some time away from social media. Uh, well, one, I got sick and I felt like I got sick for like three weeks. My voice was really super raspy. Even right now, it's kind of a little raspy, but I did go to the Seals game last night. So that's probably a little bit of it. Uh, indoor lacrosse, San Diego indoor lacrosse. If you don't like lacrosse, check it out. I mean, it's worth a check. And then also, Angie, you got sick, too. Yeah, we've been playing the tag back and forth. So my voice is also not what it normally sounds like. I apologize. Yeah, so it's it's literally been, I, I think the last time we talked to you guys was almost a month ago. And we had our uh, story uh, that dealed with the uh, double, no, it was like a murder-suicide. Yeah, in uh, San Isidro, San Isidro downtown, downtown area. Yeah. And that's where we left off. And since then, a lot has happened, and uh, I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. And we're back, and Christmas is right around the corner. So. Yep. But we have a new episode this week, finally. Um, and I took the liberty of doing this episode from you, Angie, because I think I always like having you, like, your point of view, your first reaction, I think also for our listeners. So I am taking the reins. All right. I'm excited for this. <laughs> so here we go. First things first, episode is called Terror on the Streets. Our sources are NBC7, Fox 5, CBS 8, ABC 10, San Diego Union Tribune, Times of San Diego, and then San Diego SDnews.com. Okay. Disclaimer for the week is uh, mental health, homelessness, uh, murder and then uh, fire C- combustion arson not arson uh, self-inflicted or not self-inflicted but purposely inflicted fire uh, wounds if that makes sense <laughs> okay okay so we're going to start off by giving you the name of the person that we're going to talk about today and we're going to talk about john david guerrero and this takes place in 2016 and it's july 2016 now, in San Diego, this was a really intense, uh, crazy time, and we're going to start in July 3rd, and it's about 8 a.m. in the morning, and uh, there is a homeless man who is under uh, Morena Boulevard uh, right there in uh, Mission Bay Park. Or by SeaWorld for anybody that's kind of... Yeah, over there, Mission Bay, Belmont Park, that kind of area, and he's on fire. And so, you know, police come by, firefighters come by, they try their best to save this homeless man. And unfortunately, he dies. But also, on top of being, you know, burned, he had wounds. There were what's called rail spikes. So if you go on the railroad tracks, like these are the spikes that are that hold the boards of the railroad tracks together in place. So it doesn't move across or doesn't move out of place. So they're pretty long. They're like a foot and a half, two feet long. So he had those kind of injuries to his body on top of being burned. So it's very strange. It's it looks like it was purposely done, you know, 
Um, so he was attacked before he was burned. He was attacked before he was burned through investigation uh, with the coroner's report. It was reported it was it was confirmed that he died before being burned alive. Okay. Or, or sorry, burned after being deceased. The name is Angelo Denaro, uh, fifty three years old, and there's reports that they were uh, they saw a man with the gas can leave the scene as soon as the fire started. So we still don't have a suspect. That was the first incident. So it's July 4th, the next day, and it is 4.51 in the morning, and we have Manuel Mason, who is also attacked. And his attack location is in, in the same area, just south of where uh, Angelo was attacked. Same situation, beaten, spikes, and also burned. But he survives. Not too long after that very same morning, we have Sean Mitchell Longley, 41, who was at the Peninsula uh, Tennis Club right there in Ocean Beach. Uh, he was found dead. Also beaten with the rail spikes. Since these guys were all homeless, it was very difficult to try to find some information on them, but with Sean Mitchell, I was able to find that he had just arrived in San Diego three days prior to July 4th. You know, he was a resident of San Diego. He moved away and he moved back. But he, he was homeless. He was trying to, you know, like he felt like this was home for him. And unfortunately, he passed away before he can even, you know, restart his life, which is very... Is very heartbreaking. Uh, witnesses say that Sean had his skull crushed by a rock and that the spikes uh, went through his eyes, which oh. is very brutal. So this is, this was, there was a lot of hate towards. Yeah. It's a crime of passion. It's not a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by this time, I mean, this is, you know, two days worth of these incidences and the word's getting around, so you know the homeless community, they they are aware of certain things that are happening, and they're all like staying vigilant. Like, hey, be careful! Like, sleep with one eye open. Yeah, they're being targeted. Yeah. So let's jump to July six, and then we have Donicio Derek Vahidi, who is twenty three years old, and he's down in downtown San Diego. And he was sleeping and same method, spikes and uh, burned and gold. So he was sleeping on the sidewalk and he was beaten and then gas was purposely laid on top of him over his blanket and lit on fire. Oh, he did survive that attack and he was rushed to the hospital. But sadly, three days later, he, he did pass away from his extensive injuries to his upper body. Well, yeah, that's a lot to survive. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you have so many people out there that, you know, play with fireworks. And that's just a little part of, like, you know, you get a firework burn, like, depending on how big it is. But it's like he had severely burns to his upper body. And and the wounds. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he fought, though. On July 7th. Authorities arrested a man that this, uh, fit the description 
of the person behind these attacks. But through investigation and through, you know, everything, this man was cleared. So back to, the authorities are now back to square one. We have a killer on the loose that's tracking, tracking the homeless. With an obvious MO and an obvious tactic, but yeah, no but there's, leads. There's no leads. Another week goes by, and it is the morning of Friday the 15th in July, 2016. And it's when San Diego uh, Harbor Police are notified of another incident of another homeless man that's under a freeway passage uh, that is also being attacked and the same, the same way. Like currently being attacked? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they rush over and they can see that this homeless man was attacked, but he wasn't burnt. So they got there before the attacker could actually fully commit to complete his, yeah, his complete like, his process, his process of, of doing this. For lack of a better word. Yeah. And this is on the underneath. It's like in the East village, more outside outskirts of downtown. And so by this time, police are fully aware and they're looking for a person that is this like throughout these whole attacks, the same suspect was wearing the same specific clothes, like a, a, a same green hat, a dark clothes, jacket, pants, backpack. Yeah. That's all they can really get. And this is where we, we mentioned the name. I mentioned the name John David Guerrero. Okay. Right. Well, he is the person that is behind all of these attacks. So he was over in Bankers Hill, specifically over by Laurel and uh, Cruel Street, which is on like near Balboa Park, which is not too far away from this last incident. And he was on a back, he was on a bike with a backpack fitting the description. Police see this person, John Guerrero, they pull him aside, guns, guns drawn, and he surrenders. He's like, okay. He's like, let, let me see your backpack. And in his backpack is clear evidence that he is the primary suspect. There's wallets that are connected to the, uh, the, sus- or the victims. There's like personal information. Uh, there's a hammer. There's rail spikes, gasoline, like inflammable stuff. That's, I mean, you cannot. It was his whole kit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't get any more clear as day that he is the prime suspect. Detectives arrest him and he is charged with three counts of murder, premeditated murder with also circumstance of uh, allegation of multiple murders. So it's a lot on his plate. Yeah. There, I mean. Was it only three? Wasn't it four? So there's. Because it was the attempted murder. Oh, okay. Okay. So there, there was three murders that he did, and then there was two were uh, attempted murders. Attempted murders. All right. But following his arrest, though, investigators found out that Guerrero was also the suspect in another murder, fatally injured an 83 year old woman back uh, a couple days before. So this is July 13th. And this is two days before, and he fatally murdered Molly Simmons, who she was on her way from North Park, which is not too far from Bankers Hill, same vicinity area. She was on her way to go volunteer at the YMCA. And she was murdered in, in the back alley of her, of, of her street. 
Oh, shoot. She was bludgeoned from behind and just left to die. Uh, she survived the attack, but her stay in the hospital, she ended up passing away four days later. But she didn't fit the homeless part, right? She was just she was a not homeless. Attack. It was completely different. She was a, a married woman. She had a husband at home, retired, just volunteering at the YMCA. So it was completely different uh, spectrum, or what do you want to call it? Just situation. Situation, yes. Yeah. But he did have connections to murdering her. So you kind of ask yourself, like, why? You know, what was what was John Guerrero's you know deal? What was the motive? Yeah. So John Guerrero was a resident of Coronado, which Coronado is like a nice upscale area. Of Affluent Santa, neighborhood. You know, um, but through information, I found out that he was staying at something that's called like the alpha project.org, which is low income housing for, you know, people that are homeless or have like mental health issues. And that's where this is where John or John Guerrero comes in through his young years. He had a bunch of mental health issues. He, his mom was trying to push to like get him psychiatric help. And even though the help was there, it wasn't enough. So he was still struggling. I mean, he, from 1998 to 2016, he had a multiple occurrences with the laws from Berkeley to, you know, attacks and, and those kind of lines. So it's something that was always there, but he never did fully commit murder to you know, the summer, which is really tragic. It's, it's like, we always talk about, you know, if you see something, say something. Right. But even then, like, there was also, there was also other things that connected him to, like, even February of 2016. There, there was another attack that he did before that. So people started coming forward with that. So uh, I forgot to mention that, that. In February of 2016, he also had another attack on top of whatever. But that person survived? That person did survive. Talking about... uh. Angelo Denaro, the first victim, uh, he was a regular at a gas station. And this, this regular gas station uh, right there in Marina Boulevard actually caught footage of John, uh, Guerrero, or John David Guerrero buying the actual gas can and filling up the gas to use on Angelo, which oh. is really wild. And this, is the, this uh, clerk that was at the gas station was the one that helped give the description of the suspect and also uh, the CCTV, the security camera footage caught him on film where he filled up the gas and he walked like a, less than a mile from where the first attack was, which it's just wild to, to think that you have CCTV and the descriptions and, and all these things that just line them up. We're jumping to 2019. Okay. Four. Okay. So in 2019, that's when his trial actually starts. Now you're kind of thinking like this happened in 2016. Why was there such a big lapse of like three years, three years? Well, because he had that mental psychiatric evaluation. They waited that long. They waited two years to evaluate him to see if he was fit to stand trial. Because they have to give it time in between the tests in order for them to be accurate. Exactly. Usually about six to nine months in between each exam. Yeah. Well, this took over two years. No, no, no. Like if they do yeah. the first exam, they have to wait like six to nine months to do a second evaluation. And that depends on how many of those they're doing. Well, they, they did a bunch. So he was staying in a Patton. Uh, it was Patton State Hospital in San Bernardino, which is, you know, about 100 miles north of San Diego. And that's where we're, they were doing all these tests. 
And in 2018, they saw that he was fit to stand trial. So he pleaded not guilty. In the preliminary hearings, uh, you know, family members, uh, Sean's mother came and she was very open on that she hated him. She wants him to suffer and wants him to die. And it, she took everything away from him. And, you know, it. He took everything away from her, you mean? Yeah, sorry, my bad. I'm sorry, excuse me. It, you know, that, that whole process, I mean, it's so. I, I, I wouldn't be able to sit in the same room, I feel like. During the trial, the last victim remembers specifically asking John, why are you doing this? And John's response was, because you're a bum. And it's just, it's so cold. It's so, it just makes your jaw drop that he's like, oh, just because you're a bum, you deserve. That discriminatory mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So we jump to January 27th of 2020, two months before the pandemic hits. John changes his plea deal and he pleads guilty. After four years, almost four years of this ongoing, you know, back and forth wild goose chase, he pleads guilty. And it's not until January 12th of 21 that the judge gives the sentencing. Obviously, COVID hit, so everything was like Delayed super everything. delayed, yeah. and that's the reason why it took so long. At least he saved the family from the trial, though. He did. He really did. And I mean, it's, it's still, I mean, four years is still a very long time to get justice. Oh, it is. But it is extremely painful to even just go through. So the judge sentenced John Guerrero. At this time in 21, he was 43. So now we're in 20, almost 24. So he's almost 45 or 40. Yeah, 45. And he got four consecutive life sentences without parole, plus an additional 143 years in prison. So like never coming out. He's never coming out. And I, I couldn't find where he's currently at. I it just, I, I would assume that he's still at the patent uh, state facility in San Bernardino. Um, but I specifically remember watching these stories uh, on TV and saying like, oh my gosh, like sometimes walking the streets of San Diego, as much as we say that it's America's finest city, it's has crime. And, you know, you look at it more and more than ever nowadays, like there's so many homeless people out in the streets that you really do have to worry about what's, what's around your surroundings. Well, it also shows you that the whole stereotype or mindset is that like homeless people are the ones that are a danger to us, but realistically they're just people that are going through a rough time. And when we went on Steve Weiler's podcast, we talked about the increase in homeless population and how it's changed like tourism and the effect it's had on the city. And I think this is a great example of seeing that there's two sides to that story. No, and you, you're absolutely right. And it really is. Uh, not every not every homeless person is a bad person. Like I said, they're going through a rough time, rough patch. I mean, I wouldn't even be able to know how to handle myself if I, if I became homeless. I think a lot of us would end up in that position. Yeah. And it is it's still very difficult to even think of, but to know that you know you're you're homeless and your you know your chips are down, and then you have someone that purposely comes and attacks you and hunting you just because of your situation. It's rough. 
after John Guerrero got captured, the uh, San Diego chief police was like, you know, we can sleep easier at night knowing that this person is off the streets. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you looked at the videos or the, the newsreels and they would talk to the homeless people and they're like, I'm sleeping with a pocket knife. I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping with, with something out my hand and keeping one eye open. They're if, probably not even sleeping, though, because they're so terrified of somebody coming to attack them. Yeah. So. And it seems like his spec, his whole like killing spree, like intensified so quickly from like the third to what was it? The 16th? Oh, yeah. From the third, the third, the fourth and into the sixth, and then uh, the 13th because of uh, Molly Molly, and then the 15th was the final one. So if they hadn't caught him, can you imagine how many more he would have done in just that month alone? Like he was on a mission to eliminate. Well, and then on top of that, like the 15th, it was early morning. Well, yeah, because that's the times where nobody's expecting it. Four in the morning, three in the morning. And it's just it's just wild how they caught him because they were I mean as much as uh, police profiling is sometimes bad they were given us a description and it matched him and thankfully he caught the right guy so paying our respects to the terror on the streets uh, we have Sean we have Donicio he also like going by Derek actually too and then both um, Angelo and Molly for their untimely deaths. We now have our SBS of the week. Small business spotlight. So, unfortunately, we don't have a uh, small business to really give you guys because we haven't really gone out nowhere. Honestly, like we've been staying home and having cooked meals and, you know, trying to not spread whatever we have in our house. Yeah. But I did have the idea of wanting to share our previous SBSs now that we're in Christmas season and ordering last minute Christmas gifts if anybody else is like me. So I am going to share um, all of our previous SBSs or the vendors that we have that do Christmas gifts so that you guys can try to hopefully find the perfect gift and support a small business. Yeah, because we have a lot. Honestly, we have a lot. And if you have someone to mention, send it our way. And just so you know, we are working on some exciting stuff for 2024. So we weren't completely away from the podcast. We were just doing behind the scenes stuff. Um, so hopefully we can start to share some of that news in the coming year. And yeah, we're really excited. And thank you for following, sharing, commenting, DMing, all of it. Even though we were out, we were still getting correspondence. And that was amazing. Yeah. So thank you. I know it's it's still cool that like people are kind of checking on us. It's like, are you guys still alive? It's like, yes, we're still. Alive. Yes, we're still here. <laughs> I promise. I'm sorry. But no, it's great and uh, much appreciated, always. Um, and yes, make so. sure to tune in every Monday for your next dose of Where in the World Is Crime in San Diego. Till then, catch us on the next case. And in case we don't see you, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Tell me where in the world is crime in San Diego. Hey,